we have an update plan where we would like to, you know, I can't promise anything, but we'd like to be able to give the ability to upload an artwork file specific for these videos. But a little hack, if you want, create your little your artwork file at 1400 pixels by 1400 pixels, attach it to your episode, then go create your soundbite. And then when you're done, if you don't actually want to use that as your episode artwork, switch your episode artwork back. So pro tip, only heard it here, not going to hear it anywhere else. <laughs> Especially because Tom's on the call and he's like, yeah, what? I was you like, we, you're do? triggering Tom right now with a, hey, here's a cool feature. What if we yeah. built this? And Tom's over there like, dude, I'm the one who has to build this. And people start writing. I like, <laughs> I like that. It's no promises, no promises. But here's the way it's going to work. This is what you're going to want to do. <laughs> right. Here's what it does. So in today's episode, we actually have a very special guest with us. He's been on the podcast before, but our very own Tom Rossi is joining us this week. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. So Tom has been doing some great work diving into the Buzzsprout stats, like looking at all of our podcasters. And uh, so we got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline later in the episode. But we want to start with an update to a pretty popular feature inside of Buzzsprout. Kevin, do you want to talk about what we've added to the visual sound bites? Sure. Yeah, we rolled this out. I guess it's been a little more than a week ago. Now there is, if you're not familiar with visual sound bites, go into your Buzzsprout account, click on one of your episodes, and then look on the right side. There's a feature over there called visual sound bites. And it's where you can make, like a lot of people call them audiograms. They're little videos. They're anywhere between 15 and 60 seconds long. You can create a video of a highlight of your podcast episode, and then you can share that on whatever social platforms work for your podcast. So a lot of people share them on Instagram. A lot of people put them on Facebook and YouTube, things like that. There's different formats. There's different customization options. And we added a really new and exciting one in the last week. And that is the ability to have it. It's like a totally new theme. So before it would show your podcast artwork a little bit small and you could put some text underneath it. Now you can just choose podcast artwork only. It blows your podcast artwork up to fill the full frame of the video. And yeah. yeah, And it has like a little, like the wave audiogram thing. You can move it up and down. And in experimenting with like the design of that, we realized like you could actually move it off the the screen, which wasn't good. But if you stop it halfway, it looks really cool. Cause then it's just, it shows on the top of the video or the bottom half of the video. Anyway, we've been having a lot of fun with them. We created one and threw it out in the Facebook group. And then a bunch of people started creating their own versions of them. And we're starting to see them on social media. So fun new way to promote your podcasts now free with your Buzzsprout account. Hop in there and check it out. We had to make sure that that was out before we started talking about stats in case anyone was like, oh, bummed out that they weren't in the 50 percentile or something. Then now you've got this whole new share feature. Right. Go ahead and Get click those that numbers podcast. Up. Get those numbers up. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as I had like the full screen image of my podcast cover, our people were like, click, 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 click. <laughs> so, so just to kind of walk through what you had before versus what you have now. So before there was one style that you could create inside of Buzzsprout. And there are other services you can sign up for and pay monthly for to like get a ton of customization features. But this was, nope, Albin says this is going in a bad direction. Oh, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> I was just going, oh, no, I would never pay for why that. Would you, I, why would you pay for that? That was the no to paying for it, not a no to, not to you <laughs> saying like, get this out of the episode. <laughs> See, that's that's the problem when you have the host the host hat and the editor hat on simultaneously. You're trying to read faces. <laughs> so anyways, so before you only had one style where, like Kevin said, you had your artwork, you had the title of your episode, you could add like either the name of your podcast or you could customize those different fields and you could change some colors. But now you can 
just have your full podcast artwork with the waveform that's animating as the audio is going in the background. And that's a video file you can upload to Instagram or Facebook to, again, drive people back to your podcast. Now, this new feature, does it support episode level artwork? So if they upload artwork for a particular episode and then they create a visual soundbite for that episode, is it going to pull that artwork or is it going to pull the artwork they upload in their podcast settings? Yeah, that's a good question. It pulls the episode artwork. So if by default, you just use your podcast artwork for every episode, then they will all look the same. But as Travis mentioned, if you do upload individual episode artwork, whether it be every episode or just happen to do it one time, it will switch over to that. Uh, And that's a pretty, pretty nice little feature that you can do uh, a little hack. If you wanted to do, uh, we, we have an update plan where we would like to, you know, I can't promise anything, but we'd like to be able to give the ability to upload an artwork file specific for these videos. And so that's not out right now. It might happen at some point, but a little hack, if you want, you could go ahead and create your little, your artwork file at 1400 pixels by 1400 pixels attached to your episode, then go create your soundbite. And it would use that. And then when you're done, if you don't actually want to use that as your episode artwork, switch your episode artwork back or delete it. And it would default back to your regular podcast artwork. And now you have custom artwork in your soundbite. So pro tip, only heard it here. Not going to hear it anywhere else, especially because Tom's on the call and he's like, yeah, I was like, you're triggering Tom right now with a, (laughs) Hey, here's a cool feature. What if we built this? And Tom's over there like, dude, I'm the one who has to build this. And people start writing. I like like that. It's no promises, no promises, but here's the way it's going to work. This is what you're going to want to do. Here's what it does. Here's what the designers on the team have mocked up this beautiful design. And then the people over there on Tom's team, they're going to be the ones building it. (laughs) I think the visual soundbite though, is a perfect example of something that Buzzsprout can bring to podcasters that it, it doesn't do everything that you're going to get out of an application that that's all they do. But man, we do a lot with this, with this last update, we do a lot. And it just, it makes sense for us to be able to do that when we can do it. And it doesn't take away from all the other features that we're building related to building out your podcast and promoting it. And so I, I love it. I think it's a great feature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've spent a lot of time looking at some of those other applications and they're all great and I'm not taking anything away from them, but every time I go to use one of them and we do, cause we like supporting them, it takes no less than 30 minutes and sometimes like more, more close to an hour to actually create a soundbite that I'm really happy with. And it's because they have so many little bells and whistles in there that I end up playing with all of them and making it look exactly how I want. But before I know it, I've invested 45 minutes or an hour in this thing. And the, the reality is, is that you don't have time to do that for every episode especially if you want to create multiple different clips and share them on different social platforms. And so the, the idea that we came and settled on on Buzzsprout was how do we make it easy for people to promote your episodes so that you can get in the habit of doing it every time? Cause promotion is so important. Well, if it's going to take you an hour to do it for every clip, you're not going to do it. Like you might do it for your first one or two episodes, but at some point that's going to stop with Buzzsprout visual sound bites. We designed it so it could be something that you do every time and you can stick with it because it literally takes like five minutes or less. That's the whole idea here is that promoting your podcast shouldn't be this big laborious thing that you have to do every time you do an episode. It can be something that's quick and easy and still effective. And so anyway, that's some of the thought behind how we're trying to build and and why we make the decisions that we do. I think it's good because when you shared it on the Facebook group, when we first gave everybody a little sneak peek of it people start chiming in with the features that they want to add to it. Well, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And it's like, they don't realize if we add all that, next thing you know, you're, you've got the hour long process and we're trying to do the Buzzsprout version 
of what these other softwares do, keeping it simple, making it so they can quickly create that sound bite and keep moving on. Yep. Yeah, the the Buzzsprout version is like giving you the chef's knife, not giving you like the individual like banana slicer tool that you can buy on Amazon. Like there's other stuff that if you're cutting tens of thousands of bananas a day, yeah, go get that specialized tool for this. And we're saying, yeah, we're trying to give you something that you can do pretty good of a job very quickly and then move on. But if you're a massive podcast and you're trying to put something together that is like perfectly on brand, then it might actually make sense for you to go spend 45 minutes getting the perfect version in something like Wave. Mm-hmm. Alvin, can we own a banana a banana skinner or a banana <laughs> no, slicer? No, I, I am actually very anti like all of the super kitchen appliance-y kind of things. I'm like, we're, we have three knives. We have a chef's knife. We've got a pairing knife and we've got a nice bread knife. And I'm like, no more knives. So people will like give us knives. I'm like, no, get rid of these knives. I think, I think we should put Amazon affiliate links in the episode to the knives that Alvin recommends. I tried to do that with the, what was it? Hungry root. Hungry root, baby. Ago. And then, uh, <laughs> I got Marie all excited about it. I was like, let me get the hungry root, like referral ID. And I obviously did not do a very good job like talking it up because nobody signed up. No one was interested. More people are interested in hearing Travis's HGTV show recommendations than hearing about my food delivery services. So I need to work on some of my ads. But it's not a reflection of this podcast nor uh, the effectiveness of affiliate marketing. You know, they say in advertising, <laughs> the, the fastest way to kill a bad product is with good advertising. And so I think it's a reflection on... The, the product <laughs> there's no way hungry root wait wait, wait. you're attacking hungry root <laughs> yeah. taking, i feel like man i feel bad for the guys at hungry root. the food's good i think just me trying to sell the product for them i i don't try to poach me away hungry root it wouldn't i don't think it's gonna work <laughs> based on the performance i don't think they will be so yeah i don't think they're gonna but you're still a happy customer right still, still a customer your... i had some uh delicious food last night from hungry root some turnips all (laughs) root-based the last episode we talked about how amazon has secretly not secretly started telling podcast hosts you can tell your podcasters to submit to this future directory and a lot of you did tom pulled the numbers how many podcasters have submitted to the new amazon podcast directory so far over nine thousand of our podcasters have submitted to amazon so hopefully when it launches a bunch of our buzzsprout podcasters are going to be represented in the whatever it looks like (laughs) whatever the amazon music audible podcast listening experience looks like you know i read an article i don't know if you guys saw it uh said something about audible had announced like a little bit more information about podcasts coming to the audible platform and they had some uh, was it exclusive shows or something that they were bringing to the audible platform? They were selling a, a subscription that included these shows, but it was not going to include any like independent podcasts at this time. And so again, we, we know what you guys know. Like we don't have you know, a lot of inside information here. The inside information we have from them is just basically how to send them podcasts. But as, as far as when they're going to launch and what it's going to include, we don't really know. So this was, this was news to me that it was our understanding that Amazon Music and Audible were both going to be doing some independent podcast content, but it sounds like at least initially Audible might not be including indie podcast content. Audible has done this before where they rolled out like a much the basic Audible plans like 15 bucks and then they did like a 5 to 7 dollar like 
get all the audible original podcasts though they're not really podcasts they're not like consistent hosts talking through something and it's definitely not in an rss feed it's just like conversations that are recorded i guess that's kind of what they were thinking of as a podcast but um that went away years ago and now it kind of looks like they might be bringing it back i'd kind of like it if they would bring other podcasts into the app because it makes it a better listening experience if one of those you know pseudo podcasts were really cool and you're really into them though i don't know if i personally found any that i liked you use um audible though right yeah i love audible i'm a huge audible fan it would seem like there's a natural fit if you build a good audible experience translating that into podcasts It'd be a shame if they didn't bring in all the independent podcasts that we just submitted. Yeah. So we'll be interested to see what happens. Tom, I know you you actually made it a bit easier. So now it's like a one-click submission rather than going through kind of a form like we originally launched. So yep. maybe we maybe we could check in in a few weeks with uh, maybe some higher numbers. Maybe take it from 9,000 to 18,000. <laughs> Let's go, baby. So yeah. So if you have not yet uh, submitted your podcast for the future Amazon podcast directory. Just go to the directories tab in your Buzzsprout dashboard, click on the Amazon button, and then scroll down, read the terms and conditions and click yes and submit. And we'll send your podcast on its way so that when Amazon does launch their podcast directory, your show will be listed there as well. So now let's talk about stats, specifically Buzzsprout stats. So Tom went deep into the archives of the play database and pulled all kinds of juicy numbers for us to talk about. So Tom, let me cue it up to you to just talk through your process for kind of how you pulled this data. And then we'll start walking through some of the observations that we can make and and the takeaways for you as an independent podcaster listening to this and trying to figure out how well your show is doing and how you can use some of the stats that are in your Buzzsprout dashboard to make your podcast better moving forward. Sure. So just a little update. What we've been working on in the back end is how we can use, we have so much good information now across so many different podcasts in the Buzzsprout network. How can we use that information uh, to help people, to give them information that's going to help them as a podcaster? And we're not interested in just throwing out numbers. We're interested in how can we help? And one of the ways that, that I get excited about is encouraging. I want I really want stats to be encouraging because I know how hard it is to stick with podcasting. And I know how the impact that a podcast, even if it has a smaller listenership, can have um, just by making an impact in 10 people. Like if you can get a message to impact 10 people, that's powerful. And so I hate when, when stats become the overarching measurement of how I'm doing. So all that being said, I went into um, some new techniques to be able to look at the data and understand it, but then also how can we present it in a way that it's actionable, can actually help the podcaster. And so this is just our first go at pulling in some of those numbers. Um, But one of the first things I wanted to do was look at podcast trending through the COVID uh, experience. And it's very clear. I was wondering what it would look like because we have so many new podcasts that are starting you know, it's hard to figure out, okay, well, how, how, what's, what's the way that I can look at it? So what I did was I looked at the average number of downloads per podcast uh, since January, and you can see that it hits an all-time low in, I think it was April, and then it's starting to trend back up. By August, I would expect it to be 
back to where it was. But it depends on what you look at, if you're looking at the average or the median. But either way, we see signs of recovery that things are coming back to where it was uh, in January. And so you've pulled the data through July. And so we're not yet at the end of August. That's why you don't have that data yet. Yeah. So I was trying to compare month over month. And so once August is done, then I'll pull in August. But I did pull August to date just to get an idea and see that it's doing better than July. So the numbers really point towards a good recovery for the number of downloads. I mean, that's really reassuring because I know a lot of podcasters were asking about that because they're like, man, my numbers have really taken a hit. And most people, if the longer you're podcasting, hopefully your podcast is growing over time. And Definitely that March, April, May, when a lot of people's lives were disrupted, people were not going into the office as much, driving had gone way down. It really changed a lot of listening habits. And so I know a ton of people saw dips in their numbers. Can you give us an idea of what percent of a dip we saw? Like if somebody saw a 20% dip, is that more than normal? Or you know, what, what's the right range for them to be looking at? The numbers went down in April by about a 20 20- 23%. So the numbers, depending on how you look at it, it's about a 20% dip, which is what we were hearing from podcasters, right? We heard people saying, my numbers are down or, you know, are other people's numbers down? And am I doing something wrong? And I think the encouragement is it's, it's not you, <laughs> you know, everyone experienced a dip during that time frame to a certain degree and things are looking stronger. And so they should see those numbers starting to come back. Yeah, I'm taking a look at that graph that you're sharing, Tom, and it does look like if if we take January as the high point, even, I mean, in the U.S. anyway, the pandemic and lockdown and the disruption of people's lives didn't really start hitting until March. But it's looked like February was down from January and March was down from February. Like there was already a downward trend. And I, I, I'm, I'm wondering... If this is seasonal, you know, we haven't, we never went back and looked at the numbers for like 2017, 2018. So I'm just wondering, we are attributing a lot of this to what's going on in the world right now with COVID-19, but some of it could be seasonal anyway. These could be normal, healthy trends. And that would be a lot more data for Tom to pick through. But, you know, maybe if he's not busy in the next couple weekends or whatever, he can come or back on night. the podcast. And if he's not play. rolling out features, we promise on the podcast. <laughs> well, there's some other similar factors to consider, right? Which is we also saw the number of active podcasts double in that same time period. So there's a lot more content for people to be able to consume. So it is possible that we might see numbers go down on average per podcast, just because there's more podcasts to listen to. And so time will tell whether or not that translates into uh, how people are listening to individual podcasts, but it's something to consider, you know, as we see those, just the sheer number, the sheer amount of content. I think for myself, I don't know about you guys, but from the beginning of COVID to where I am now, like now I have my routine down, but it took me a while to get to the place of when do I listen to my podcast? And now I've actually got a system where I'm consuming more content than even before COVID. You know, so I, I think all of those factors are going to be at play and it'll be interesting to see how, you know, it turns out. Yeah, that's definitely starting to happen. I, I've found myself listening to less because I wasn't driving nearly as much as I was. But somebody like my wife, who rarely listened to podcasts at all, now she's she's been around the house a lot. And I rarely see her now without at least one earbud in. And she's always <laughs> listening to podcasts. You remember how I, I, I've talked before about how I'm, I'm not the world's biggest Joe Rogan fan. I like some of his guests sometimes. She is a total Joe Rogan fan. Really? And she listens to his full three hours almost every every day. It's crazy. And that's like all she wants to talk about. She's like, so so-and-so is on Joe Rogan. It's crazy. 
Is this real, Kevin? That means like... No, this is real. I never would have pegged my wife for a Joe Rogan fan. This means she's like one of the top female Joe Rogan fans. In my mind, the Joe Rogan fan base is 99.9% male. Yeah, but he's going to go exclusive to Spotify at the end of the year, and we don't allow Spotify in our house, so I don't know what she's going to do. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. Well, this might be a little risque, but I got a speaker for the shower. Oh, nice. I've thought about doing that. It's been life altering. It's awesome. And so I take much longer showers and I listen to podcasts like crazy. <laughs> yeah, your water bill's off the charts. You better watch out. You put, you start a Joe Rogan episode and you're going to get like heat burns or something from the shower. <laughs> well, it won't make it through my explicit filter. So don't worry. We're good. <laughs> so that's kind of where we started. That was one of the questions I wanted to answer is month over month, how things are looking. What's the state of podcasting? And from looking at it, State of podcasting is strong. It's great. It looks like things are recovering. Tons, like I said, tons of new podcasts that are being created. And then, I mean, there's there's so many different ways to look at the data. There's so many different ways to slice and dice it. And again, at Buzzsprout, we've always valued the podcaster and making it something that's useful for them. It's not just, you know, throwing numbers at them. And so one of the things I wanted to do is give them something they could compare when they log into their dashboard in Buzzsprout the first thing we show them is, hey, how have things gone for the last 30 days with your podcast? How many downloads have you gotten within the last 30 days? And so what I did was take a look at uh, how many downloads all of our podcasts in the entire network get uh, or have gotten in the last 30 days and then try to figure out, okay, how is this data useful? And the first thing I figured out was the average is not useful. <laughs> the average um, because you have a very small percentage, like less than 5% and probably more like 2% of our podcasts that are just exponentially greater in terms of the number of downloads that they get. So it skews any type of average. So you really have to look at the median. And so for the non-statistics people out there, it's really just being able to answer the question of how do I stack up compared to the other podcasts at Buzzsprout? And so the numbers that I, sh I actually shared some numbers earlier on Facebook, and I've altered those numbers a little bit by filtering just to what we would call like active podcasts, trying to make it so that maybe it's a little bit a better comparison. But what you look at there is about 98 downloads in the last 30 days. So what's today? What's today? August something? 26th. There we go. Well, it'll so, be 28th when this episode comes out. Right, right. So in the last 30 days from today, I pulled I pulled the numbers this morning. If you had 98 or more, you are in that top 50th percentile. That means that half of the Buzzsprout subscribers, when they go and they log in and they go to their stats page, half of them will see a number that's lower than yours. Did I say that right? And is it clear? Yes. And just to say median in a slightly different way. Sure. If hypothetically we had, we were looking at 10,000 podcasts, the median would be if we ranked all of those based on the total number of downloads they got, podcast number 5,000. This is the numbers that they are seeing. Yep. Yep. That's a good way to think of it. If you sorted it and then right in the middle, that's where it would be. My favorite example of median versus average, I think this was in one of my stats classes, was if you've got 10 people at a bar and they all make $50,000 each, you're like, okay, the median is 50,000. But then if Bill Gates walks in the room, the average the person makes in there is over a billion dollars. And so <laughs> right. everyone would feel like a failure because they go, oh, I'm not even close to a billion. I must be like way down there. Well, the median is still 50,000. 
the average would be over a billion. And it's just trying to filter out those ones that really skew the numbers. We're trying to make sure they don't matter as mm -hmm. much. And if you think about it, it's not relevant. It's not relevant to the podcaster to know the average because it's so far skewed. But the but the median, the median is pretty useful because it gives me an idea of am I am I on the right track? Am I am I at least doing what other people on on the Buzzsprout platform are doing? And I think that's that's why it has some value. And Kevin's got some great ideas for how we might be able to incorporate data like this actually into the experience because we hear it all the time, right? Where podcasters, you know, they're nervous. Am I doing a good job? And that's really what they're asking. Am I doing a good job? And I hate that they go to statistics to answer that question. I, you know, I hate it, but they do. And so Kevin's got some ideas of how we might be able to use the work that we're doing right now to bring that into the UI so that we can show them how their stats compare to the overall Buzzsprout network of all podcasts. And so that's kind of, you know, the, the overarching thinking there. So Tom, are you promising a feature that has not come out yet? No, no. I'm saying Kevin is, Kevin is thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it on Kevin. He has to come up with a way to do it. So I, I'm, I finally got just to be clear, there, I've come up with plenty of ways to do things before, but that doesn't mean they get implemented. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Tom, walk us through some more of the numbers. 50, to be in the top 50%, you need 98, 98. downloads in the last 30 days. What about yep. to be like in the top 40% or 30%? What do those numbers look like? The top uh, 25%. So 302, I think is, is interesting because it's not that big of a jump, right? So you go from 98 to 302. If you have 302 or more, that means that 75% of the podcasters on Buzzsprout, when they log in, will see a number less than yours. That's pretty incredible because it's not- yeah, It's achievable. It's, yeah, it's achievable. It's not like, it's not out there. Um, You're going to have to create some visual sound bites, but yes. you can do it. Yeah, you need some sound bites to be able to drive traffic like that. So that's at the 75 percentile, it's 302, and then it goes up crazy when you get to the 90 percentile. So then it gets up to 982. So really- All right, so that's to be in the top 10% of Buzzsprout podcasters. You need 982 downloads in the last 30 days. Yeah. And then look how quickly it starts to rise to get from 90 to 95%. So to get another into the top 5% of podcasters, you got to have- uh, over 2,373 downloads in the last uh, 30 days. So anybody listening to this podcast can go into their Buzzsprout dashboard and bring up those numbers. And that gives them kind of an idea of where they stack up. All right. Just for fun. Just for fun. How do you, how do you get into the top 1%? The top 1%, you need to have 14,959 downloads in the last 30 days. So Buzzcast is not in the top 1%. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give you a frame of reference, in the last 30 days, Buzzcast has 5,400 downloads. So we'd be between the 1% and 2% yeah. of Buzzsprout podcasts. Our longstanding How to Start a Podcast, the OG of the Buzzsprout Produced Podcasts, is closer. We've had 11,571 downloads in the last 30 days. So that one's got, that one's still doing well. Alvin, something about the dynamic of those two hosts really, I think just sets that podcast <laughs> apart from people, the rest. People love it. <laughs> so that number when is when you go to stats, the first tab you're going to see is your podcast overview. It's that first purple number where it says this many downloads in the last 30 days. That's what we're talking about. So, but what if they go to apps and devices? I know that you also pulled data for what kinds of podcast listening apps people are using 
and the devices they're using to listen to those. So what were some of the number breakdowns for that? Yeah, so this is interesting, and I'd like to hear from you of how you would process it, but it would definitely be interesting to compare these numbers to what they're seeing on their podcast. So for example, across all of our network in the last 30 days, what you're seeing is about 50, just almost 51% of our downloads were from the Apple Podcasts app. So not just an Apple device, but the Apple Podcasts app represents 51%. I mean, that's that's massive. That is crazy. And it dwarfs. So the next one below it is a company. It's a little company you might have heard. It's called Spotify. And Spotify had 18%. So I thought, I really thought they were going to be closer uh, than they were. And maybe it's because, you know, Buzzcast isn't listed on Spotify. And so <laughs> we're tanking the numbers. <laughs> we're tanking, we're tanking the numbers. And so I think that th- those are those are interesting numbers for people to log in and see how how do they compare to the overall network? Are they trending more on Apple or are they trending more on Spotify? Are there other apps that you can tell us? Are there some of the other ones that go down a bit? Where are we looking at for like Stitcher, Overcast or Podcast sure. Addict, some of those guys? Yeah, so what you see, uh, you know, Apple and Spotify combined represent almost whatever 70%. So then the other 30% is distributed pretty much across uh, a lot of different apps. So the next one below that would be Castbox. Castbox got 3.1% of the downloads, which is great. And Podcast Addict 2.7%, Overcast at 2.5%, Stitcher 2.2%. And we also see the Buzzsprout site, so people that actually use the Buzzsprout site and that's where people are listening is uh, just over 2% and the embedded players also at about 2%. I'm surprised to not see Google Podcasts on this list. Still, I know they've been lagging for quite a while, but I I know the last time John did his presentation, either end of last year or beginning of this year, they were starting to creep up into that one, two percent range. They are number, let's see, looks like they're number 10. They're at 2.1%. So 2.1% of the downloads in the last 30 days were from the app, the Google Podcast app. Yep. So I know they have plans to, to sunset Google Play Music, and they're taking all of the podcasts and putting them in Google Podcasts and all the music and putting them in YouTube Music. So hopefully that will make Google Podcasts more of a player, at least in it being a podcast directory people are listening to. Podcast Addict is an Android-only podcast player. Uh, Spotify and Stitcher are obviously available on Android. And so why don't you walk through the difference between iPhone uses versus Android usage? Yeah. You have that number as well. Yeah, that's what's interesting, right? Because Podcast Addict is only available on Android, right? And it represents 2.7% of the downloads. Um, but Android is only, which percent? 23%. So of all of the downloads in the last 30 days, 23% of them were on Android devices. So that's, it, it, they don't have a lot of market share and yet Podcast Addict is doing really well. So I think it must be a good player. I don't, I don't have an Android, so I haven't been able to use it. So some of the other devices, top device would be Apple iPhone at 57.9%. So almost Holy 58% of the downloads are on an Apple device. On an iPhone specifically? Yep. Because I, I see all, you also have iPad way down there on the list too. So that's just iPhones. Correct. That's pretty remarkable to think how much just Apple being early to the game and having the iTunes directory renamed Apple Podcast. I know I'll get correct on that, but started out as iTunes and launching all of that and kind of making podcasts front and center early has really given them this massive lead. 
I mean, that we're still seeing numbers like this is pretty remarkable considering all of the attention that podcasting has gotten from Google and Spotify, future looking like Amazon, who knows what, uh, you know, if Netflix and Microsoft will get in the game too. But do you have any idea though, what the market share is of the mobile market in the US for Apple? Because that, that really could explain it because 83% of the downloads are mobile. So in other words, 83% of the people that downloaded to listen to an episode were doing it on a mobile device and the majority of them are in the US. So if Apple owns the mobile market in the US, then you would expect that iPhone is going to be your top device. So according to uh, Statistica.com, share of people with iPhones in the US is 45.2% last year. Wow, yeah. Which is crazy to think like 45% of the phone people have an iPhone. And yet, what are you saying, Tom? It's uh, 58% of the people listening to podcasts are listening on, on an iPhone. On an iPhone. So basically it means if you've got an Android, you're much less likely to be listening to podcasts. And I really think it is. Apple has had that purple app for a long time that it's by default, it's there. And so people probably go, oh, that's cool. And they click it and they go, oh, that, you know, I'd be interested to learn, you know, listen to how I built this or something. And, you know, they start getting into some podcasts. Let's talk about the uh, mobile verse, like desktop breakdown. Do you have those numbers, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Mobile is 83%. 83 that uh, i mean i'm just shocked um and so then the next below that is going to be computer at only seven and a half percent so you just the majority the vast majority of the downloads are happening mobile i mean which makes sense for me even when i'm listening in the shower i'm using my phone (laughs) (laughs) right you don't have the uh the laptop stand in the shower yet i just wanted to bring that back i just wanted to bring that back into the discussion (laughs) right I don't feel like now, I got now the Travis attention. has to edit out in two places. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why would you edit that out? <laughs> so Tom, what this about is a life hack? <laughs> I'm I'm hearing all these these uh these things about these smart TVs. You can't buy a TV that's not smart. Have the smart TVs broken into the podcasting space? Holding at 0.3%. <laughs> I want to know who the people are that are listening on their, Can you imagine? On their smart TVs. Like Hey, you guys want to go come sit around the, I mean, it's like <laughs> sitting around the radio in like the forties, you know, and you turn it on everyone's sitting around listening to it. You're like trying to relive that experience with your uh, smart TV. I, I just yeah. think about using the TV remote to find the podcast. Like what a horrible experience that would have to be. <laughs> Perhaps that represents the number of Best Buy employees that are listening to podcasts on the display TVs. Right. Right. They're the saying, time. hey, look, you can listen to podcasts on this TV. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's half of the downloads right there. <laughs> yeah. So so this is interesting I, that I'd love to hear from you guys because like, I get buried in this data. I look at it and I'm like, my eyes just start to go blank. And so how, how would you recommend someone use that information? How can that benefit the podcaster? Everything that we just talked about in terms of the top apps that are using it and whether it's mobile or not, what, what does that, what does that do for the podcaster? I have a few high level takeaways. One, your podcast is doing well. If you're getting, I mean, you're doing above average, if not above average, above median, if you're getting a hundred plays per app in the first 30 days, in the last 30 days. So that's great. So if you're around that area, you're probably doing pretty well. And then I'd probably look at some of those apps. I 
some of the ones that you mentioned being in the top 10, if I didn't see any plays, I think I'd probably dive in to be like, oh, am I not listed in Podcast Attic for some reason? I might maybe use it as kind of just a check. And then the the one that really sticks out to me is if mobile usage is so high, you really got to optimize your show notes and your artwork and everything for mobile usage. And we're always working on podcasts on our computers. So it might be easy to imagine that people are listening on their computers, but it really is a mobile phone centric experience. I don't know if I would dive too much, too deep into the data and try to tease out why is this gone up 0.2% or down 0.1% or like how many of my listeners are on smart TVs. Like that's kind of fun to see, but it's also, I don't know if it teaches me anything. Do you feel like it leads you to any conclusions? The, I, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of people in the podcasting space who are interested in smart speakers and, and fewer people interested in smart TVs, but what caused this surge in podcasting to happen was, was mobile phone devices. Like the fact that you can easily uh, have a screen where you can type things or you can see something and click on it and, and find a new podcast and data packages being like more affordable. So it doesn't matter if I have actually downloaded it or some, or before I left the house, right? Like moving from an iPod to an iPhone lets me not have to load all my media before I leave the house. Uh, th- this is what's responsible for the huge surge in, in podcasting overall. And so there's, is there a play to have a successful podcast that plays on Alexa devices? I'm sorry. I said the word, if everyone's devices are now popping off at your house. Uh, yeah, there is, there will be a few shows that are, are very successful on those platforms, uh, daily briefings and stuff like that. There might be specific use cases, but at the end of the day, podcasting is a, is like a phone, a mobile centric platform. It's a very passive medium. People listen to podcasts while they're driving, while they're working out, while they're walking around the block. And we have to remember that when we do our shows. So the idea that, oh, if I just drop a link in my, in my show notes or my episode description, like that's enough. It's really not like you have, if you really want to drive traffic to affiliate partners or sponsors, things like that, you have to include that stuff in the same ways that you're promoting your podcast. If you're promoting on social and you have a sponsor for that episode, mention the sponsor while you're promoting your episode. If you get to the point again, where you're trying to grow your show, or if you're trying to make ancillary income is through your podcast channel, consider setting up your own website. Again, Buzzsprout gives you a great starter website, so you don't need one day one, but if you want to take it to the next level, set up your own website, start creating blog posts or some sort of individual website and a page for every episode. Use the embed player, drop in good show notes, drop in transcripts. Remember that it's not always going to happen when people are listening to your show in real time. I'm sure there's a lot of numbers that we spit out today as Tom was running through that stuff that you might be thinking, oh, I want to write those down. We'll put them in the show notes, but it's not happening right now while you're out, you know, walking your dog or driving in your car. When you're listening to this, it's going to have to be at a different time. And so just remember that's true as you're trying to grow your show and connect with your audience and provide them resources in a, in a manner that's. I don't know. What would you say? Like, like usable for them. Like re- remember how people are listening. Yeah. So do, do you think that there is also something to take away from the fact that uh, such a strong number of downloads are mobile in terms of YouTube and your podcast? Like I hear that well, people talk about, Oh, I'm using YouTube for my podcast. The mobile experience on YouTube is miserable. I, my opinion is it's miserable. So it would, it, is it wrong to say if your podcast 
if you're exclusively on YouTube, if you're not putting it up in the podcast network in an RSS feed or something like that, you're missing out on 83% of the traffic or 82% of the traffic that Buzzsprout sees. Is that, is that too bold of a statement? I think there's people that use YouTube for just listening, but for those people, the better experience is just to do that inside of a podcast app. Like if they're using their phone, they're just doing something, they're playing something in the background just as a conversation, then you might as well be using a podcast app. And that's what we always recommend. If you're going to put something onto YouTube, you're trying to optimize for someone sitting at their computer trying to be more engaged. And so that means like having this visual component, filming the actual conversation. If we were to put this podcast episode on there, you know, we'd probably clip it to be just the discussion about the stats, not the whole episode. And Travis would maybe like try to put together the visual component, have all of our faces as we're discussing. Like you want something visual to keep people's attention because when you're sitting down to YouTube, you're expecting to watch it. And if you're just staring at someone's artwork for an hour and a half, you're pretty much, you're going to bounce pretty quickly. It's not going to keep your attention when there's like all these viral videos on the sidebar, like promising you really exciting stuff. Yeah. Kittens, kittens normally. (laughs) But when you think about, when you think about the visual soundbite, I think it's a great example because uh, it's inevitably somebody will say, can't I just create this for my whole episode and then post that on YouTube to which no one, no one wants that. <laughs> no one wants to go listen. <laughs> We've seen a lot of good podcasts, like YouTube channels when podcasts do that and they just tank their numbers. They, they yeah. completely kill, they handicap their channel. And so again, YouTube being all algorithm driven, you want to feed that algorithm stuff that it likes and it does not like content like that. And so if you're, tra- and the reason that you'd put stuff there is to be discovered. Well, if you put stuff there to be discovered that the algorithm doesn't like, you're not helping yourself, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting yourself long-term because when you do, or if you ever do start putting out good content that it likes, now you're starting behind the, behind the eight ball a little bit. You got to catch up back to zero and then you got to start moving forward. And so we never recommend doing stuff like that. Now on, on the other hand, if you do a visual soundbite type thing or a headliner thing or a wave thing, teasers, they perform just fine you know, short, super short content like that. No big deal. Algorithm will eat that up and spit it out to people all day long because you're going to get like as a percentage of the video that people will watch, there's a much better chance that you're going to get a high percentage. So if you, I put out a minute long video and people are watching 30 seconds of it before they move on to another video, well, they're watching 50% of my video. YouTube loves that. If I put out a 45 minute podcast episode and people only listen to the first one or two minutes before they bounce, the algorithm is going to say, no, this is not good content. Stop serving it up to people. Well, Tom, thank you for joining us for this episode of Buzzcast. And I know in the future, as we continue to pull out these little nuggets from our Buzzsprout network of shows and find little things that we can share to help you make informed decisions about how to make your show better moving forward. And even just to encourage you to let you know kind of how you're doing compared to other people that are on similar paths. Uh, We'll we'll definitely bring Tom back to share those with you. Uh, If you have not yet done so, make sure you subscribe to our Buzzsprout YouTube channel where I can promise you, you will see actual videos of people's <laughs> faces and their mouths moving. Uh, we, put, we put our podcasting Q&A show on YouTube, and uh, we put a ton of different valuable videos like podcast microphone reviews and step-by-step software tutorials and strategy videos. So if you want to level up your podcasting game, then subscribing to the Busrout YouTube channel is one of the best ways that you can do that. But that's it for us for this week, and we'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>